Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can reach out to us via the Peaceful Ease hotline. Any questions, ideas, anything you want to talk to Ela about, 424-625-5562 is that number, and it's available 24-7-365. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com, and peacefulease.com is the website with all things Peaceful Ease, so visit that and keep up with Ela. Ela, I am so excited to be here with you today, and I am so excited to hear part two of your interview with Bonnie Weiss. Me too, Mario. You know, I love this work, and I'm so grateful for Bonnie to spare the time because she's been so busy, and it's just like we recorded this just before New Year's Eve, so it's all fresh, but then it's a very busy period for everyone. So I'm grateful for her to kind of have this time with us, and this episode especially is very unique because this is where... Eastern spirituality and Western science and therapy methods come together. So if you haven't heard the first episode, this episode will still make sense. You can just listen to this and go back to the first episode. But I strongly recommend that you hear both because that will give you the whole picture. I mean, whole, we haven't talked about it in detail. We only had limited time, but it will give you good introductory level information on internal family systems so that you can, if it's interesting for you, you can carry on reading or you can just get in touch with Bonnie directly. The other thing I loved about this part two of your interview is when you talk about self, because I think that's such a powerful topic. And I think it's something that I've talked about on my podcast in the past, and it's just one of my favorite topics. So the way that you and Bonnie talk about self and the agendas behind all of the different pieces of ourself and how it's just, it's really, really fascinating. So I'm really excited for you to share that with the listeners. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what we call original basic goodness that's in us, no? And it's touched in every form of spirituality and religion, whether it's called Buddha nature or whether it's the basic goodness. So I'm really glad to see Western therapy now approaching us from this perspective too, because maybe for the first time, spirituality or our spiritual selves are included in Western therapy. And that's beautiful because we are the whole package. We are not just bodies with a brain, but we have our hearts here too. And this episode will explain to you about that aspect of our selves. So Ela, I'm super excited to get this interview going so the listeners can hear it before we go ahead and play it. I'm going to go ahead and read Bonnie's bio one more time, just in case you missed the first episode. If you did, I implore you to go back and listen to that. 
But in any case, Bonnie Weiss is a psychotherapist, teacher, supervisor, and trainer. She is a licensed clinical social worker in California and New York and has been practicing since 1974. Bonnie has taught classes and workshops on inner critic, self-esteem, overeating, and internal family systems in Israel, Ireland, and Eslam Institute in California. She's the author of Illustrated Workbook for Freedom from Your Inner Critic, a Self-Therapy Approach, and Self-Therapy Workbook, an Exercise Book for the IFS Process. She currently has a private practice in Mill Valley, San Francisco, and works with individuals, couples, and offers professional supervision. You can email her. Feel free to get in touch with her directly at bonnieweiss at gmail.com. That is her email address. And Ela, it's all yours to tee up and get this interview started. I look forward to hearing it all together. I find with IFS, when we talk about the self, it becomes really very close to spirituality. That's exactly true. That's exactly where the spirit is in this method of psychotherapy. So how is the self different than any other part? It's not a part. The self is a capacity. It's that larger aspect of ourself. We don't call it a part. We call it an aspect. And that's the aspect that you were born with, your essential nature, your true beingness. You know, every spiritual system has their own. You know, it could be the God self, the essence self, the true self eternal self, the higher self, every spiritual or religious system has a way of defining that aspect of you that is not your personality, that is not your mind, that is not your will, but is that essential nature. And the beauty of internal family system is that it's one of the only methods of therapy that really sees this aspect of you as being the healer in the system as opposed to the therapeutic relationship between the therapist and the client being the healer. So most methods of therapy set it up so that the healing relationship is between the therapist and the client. And there's all kinds of ways. You can be a model, you can give behavioral instructions, you can repair relationships. There's all kinds of models of how that relationship between the therapist and the client actually heals, what makes change. In internal family systems, the healing relationship is between the client's self and the client's heart. So the therapist is really there to be a model for self and self-leadership. So a model for being in this higher capacity and helping to evoke in the client this higher capacity. And then helping the client's higher self, either the aspect that interacts with the part and helps the healing happen. And that's really the unique thing about internal family systems. So the therapist becomes a guide to help the client or the patient find that self who could then heal the other parts. Right. We help the client be more self-led. And you know when you're in that higher self, physically there's a shift from being in a part of you you know, if you think about a part of you that gets angry or a part of you that gets frustrated or a part of you that wants to get you dressed to look good in the morning, whatever that is, you can sense that there's a particular, each of us different, somatic, physiological tension pattern in any one of our parts. If I think of a part that wants to go to the gym or wants to go for a walk or relates to my husband or is present at work or gets angry at myself because I didn't find time for you know, something that was important to me. 
there's a whole physiological tension pattern with, with each of those parts of me. When I shift into self, I can feel that there's a whole other physiological pattern. You know, my breathing gets deeper, my shoulders go down, my jaw slightly relaxes. There's a sense of just an openness, my heart opens, my belly relaxes when I'm in that place that we call self and I And then the capacities that are available to me in that moment is a whole bunch of C words. It's like eight C words. There's compassion, curiosity, caring, connection, clarity, courage, calm, and one more, you know? So that when I'm in that place where that's what I am sitting in, what I exude, what is here, then I'm in this place called self. And so the therapist's job is to help the client identify those separate parts and get some space from those so that the client can sit in self and then get to know the part. First, the protective. You always start to work with the protective system and have that self get to know, understand, build a relationship with the protective system and then gradually get permission from the protective system to get to know the younger, more fragile exile parts and this healing that goes on in both systems. And it's funny, as you were describing the self, I felt a change in my kind of position and breath and a relaxation on my body. It's as if it's contagious. When there's self in the room, there tends to be more self in the room. Do anyone like lose their self for good is that possible not to have a self always a self there it can be occluded it can be occluded by parts and people you know often i think of it like a carousel people often think that their system is just like a carousel of parts you know one after another after another you just fit into one after another but everybody has a self it's always potentially available and everyone can learn how to really identify a part when it's there get some space from that part and recognize that there's something larger, deeper, more enduring, more capable. And that does the healing. That's right. The relationship between the part and the self is where the healing It's like bringing love to any aspect, any part of you that's hurting or contracted or alienated from that sense of connection to a larger whole. Mm -hmm. So to go a bit deeper into this relationship, if this self is the capacity to heal, organize, connect, how does the self get left behind or pushed aside and then the parts take over? What exactly happens? Why doesn't the self from the beginning do that healing? Well, I think it's available from the beginning, but it's a question of does the environment make it safe enough for that open vulnerability? Mm -hmm. The world is not generally organized to maximize small, vulnerable individuals' connection with ultimate safety. If anything, we call people who are numb to their feelings strong. And different parts are more self-led than other parts. We can think in terms of that's where we're heading. We're not trying to get rid of parts. We're trying to help parts be more self-led so that you can have a part that wants you to be happy or find love or succeed in your heart's desire. And that part, if it is not self-led, can march forward with an agenda of like, I want to be successful, or I want to be happy, or I want a relationship, like 
go online and online dating and you know get education and whatever it is, you know, that can be the way that someone marches forward in their life towards a goal. Mm-hmm. And it's very different if it's being self-led. You might still mobilize and take action towards the goal, but there's a level of interest, curiosity, openness, flexibility, responsiveness that comes with moving towards that goal. So it doesn't mean that you're, if you're in self, you're just always passive. Parts that are mobilizing you or have direction can be self-led and it becomes how do they move towards that goal? Do they just put blinders on and just go forward and not listen to cues or see what happens or be responsive to the environment or people do that? Or they can be open and say, oh, I see, I'm, I keep moving in this direction and it's not fruitful. And then there's this other direction that needs to be opening. I wonder what it would be like to move in that direction or to open myself to environmental influences or cues or areas of soft responsiveness as opposed to putting my head against the wall. Yeah, it sounds like when we are self-led, we are more flexible. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting quality about the self that it's this flexible, soft, vulnerable capacity, yet it's undestructible. Is that right? Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be passive. There's courage, there's connection, there's clarity. So it doesn't have to be passive. There can be a lot of strength in the self, but it's not driven like a part that's driven. Because in the West, we think like black or white, right or wrong, you know, passive or active, whereas this is something that's in between everything. In a way, it's vulnerable, but it's strong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have an agenda, but it's active. Exactly. I think this kind of thinking is very common in the East, but it's new in the West, especially with psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. I think so. That's why no family systems is catching on all over the world. It is just Virgin, you know, there's trainings all over the world now because people are really starting to get that you can combine some of the Western ideas about growth and development with some of the Eastern concepts, and that you don't have to keep your spiritual consciousness out of the psychotherapy. You can help people self-actualize, and it's not just about fitting into society. Which you know, people used to think psychotherapy was for people who couldn't fit in society and it can make them better so they fit into society. And it certainly does help people function in a way that's more satisfying. But it's not about fixing a broken person. There's no pathology. It's about helping a person integrate into being more self-led in the world. But then how could you, like, if you look from this perspective... What would you do with the DMS books and all these diagnoses and all these illnesses we just label and cannot even cure or we just give medication for just to kind of manage it better? The entire system would change, right? Exactly. And it is on some level. And could you imagine, like just personally, what would it be like the world and our interactions with one another if we all considered that we all have these parts? The little girl, the professional, the ambitious person, the self-led capacity, like if we were trained to think this way and when we interacted rather than getting angry with one another or frustrated, 
we could just think, okay, I'm talking to the wrong part right now. <laughs> well, just think for you how it would be. If went to the, to the butcher. You know, how would it change? It... And frustrated and you just had this feeling of like, I don't want them to handle my food. They've got bad energy. And, you know, or whatever it is. You know, you had a reaction to somebody on a bus or in the street. And you got get away from that person. They're crazy. Or there's something wrong. Or it's dangerous. And if you just stopped and said, someplace in there is, is, is a hurt child, you know, that is suffering or is frightened and is sending out this angry, frustrated, food part. And what would happen is, is that you would be, you know, you might still have to have a part of you that says, be cautious, you know. Be cautious if you're out in the world and somebody's not functioning well. But it would be easier to have compassion rather than judgment. And I think that's where you're headed, is that if we were to really be able to hold these principles in a different way, we would have more compassion and less judgment. Yeah. And I feel like meditation gives us this ability to maybe have that reaction but sometimes they want to react and then step back to see the reaction. But sometimes not even react. Just realize that you're annoyed by this person on the bus. But IFS really holds a mirror to who you are. I found it. I'm glad it's been important to you. Is there anything you wanted to add, Bonnie, or any advice for our listeners who want to find out about their parts? Where should they start? How could they go on about this? We certainly have a website, which maybe you'll put in the thing, is the personal growth-programs.com. And there's a very good video on the front thing and lots of articles. My husband has written a book called Self-Therapy, which is in like six or seven languages, you know, these days. I have a workbook. I have been saying it's day early, self-therapy. You know, my workbook is the workbook for self-therapy. Those are both on Amazon. The Center for Self-Leadership has just become the IFS Institute, so that's the workshop started by Dick Schwartz. There's a lot of good information there. There's a lot of online courses that we offer that the Internal Family Systems Institute offers. You know, if people are professionals, there's trainings all over the world. You know, if you are a professional interested in getting professional training, you could go to the Internal Family Systems just changed the name, the Internal Family Systems Institute, and look at online trainings or trainings in your area. If you're interested in groups, my husband and, and I offer online courses, you know, in basic internal family systems. It's a double class. You take the basics for six weeks and then you take the exiles class for six weeks. So there's reading. There's on my website, there's a lot of audio. I've got about 25 demonstration sessions where people for a couple of dollars can listen to my husband and I do actually do this work and get a sense of what that actually feels like. Um, so there's lots and lots of possibilities. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I want to find out about those websites, we will link to all these websites mentioned and also the books. I've been using your workbook myself. I've been like randomly opening a page, taking a few questions and asking my parts, whoever wants to answer them. So, and it's been amazing. I really feel like I'm seeing myself from a completely different angle now. I really feel like I've met myself. I've just met myself at the age of 39. So I hope if you're listening, you will check out the links. And if a part of you is skeptical, just ask who that part is. <laughs> and people who are just struggling with any issue or curiosity can always you know, if you go to the Internal Family Systems Institute website, there's Find a Therapist, so you can find a therapist 
near you. And there are tons and tons of us who do this work online. Thank you so much for your time, Bonnie. I really appreciate you joining us and answering all these questions. I have more. So I hope to have you again as a guest maybe next year. Thank you so much. Ela, thank you so much. That was fantastic. I want to thank Bonnie as well, just for being here and sharing her expertise around internal family systems. It was just a fascinating interview all the way through from part one to part two. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and learned a lot. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mario. And for our listeners, if you're interested in knowing more about this work, please get in touch with Bonnie at bonniewise at gmail.com. You can also check out her website, personalgrowthprograms.com. It's all hyphenated. You can find it in the episode description and just reach with one click. And also Bonnie's husband, Jay Early, has written a great book on this topic. We will also link to that in the episode description. So I hope this will really open a new phase for you as we are approaching 2020. Absolutely. And you can also find us at peacefulease.com or email us podcast at peacefulease.com. And Ela, again, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to the next episode is the final episode of 2019. Thank you, Mario. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.